What is going on, juveniles? Welcome back to another episode of the Juvie Podcast. Back again, another Saturday for you guys in the studio. And before I tell you what we're going to be talking about today, how about we hand it over tonight to tell you what you guys can do to support us? Well, I have no idea what we're talking about today. I literally have no clue. Zero clue. Josh didn't tell me, so. That's true. uh, I'm just as clueless as you guys. But you know what I would do if I were in your shoes and I was clueless? I'd probably download the episode. Yep. Leave one, two, five-star review and, like, subscribe download do all those really good things honestly can't keep talking because i need to know what we're talking about today what are we what are we diving into today guys we're talking about the heavy hitting topic of self-destructive habits oh what i was whew, not prepared for this one all right i'm ready to go i'm ready to deep how, how deep are we going in this one josh we're gonna hit it pretty hard with some stuff that pretty much everybody deals with i feel like in my opinion okay. a lot of people that i know have dealt with these things before i talk about the ones that i have do you have any self-destructive habits off the dome <sighs> okay this is a good this is a good one um okay off the dome, I think one that comes to mind is if I'm dealing with a situation that I don't enjoy, I run to something that's more comfortable. Yep. And for a lot of people, might be movies, might be junk food. For me, what I- and this is where it feels destructive, but it's also like most people, it's a good habit, is I run to work. Yeah. So, for example, a few months ago, or like almost a year ago, last fall, I was dealing with a ton of stuff. This is what I was getting into the marketing world, and I just went off the grid for two months, basically. Wasn't really hanging out with a lot of people, and was literally just just grinding at work. And for me, in my head, I was able to convince myself that that was constructive, and yeah. that I was you know, just dealing with it by moving on and just building something. And it felt really good in the moment, because I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing anything like, you know, that's hurting me, or yeah. I'm not, this doesn't feel super destructive, but I think what I realized after is, what I was building wasn't out of a place of productivity or I wasn't building it out of the best place. And more, I was just not wanting to deal with this thing over here, so yeah. I ran to this. Um, and I think what I what I learned from that is that it's... I, well, let me preface first. I think I thought that that was the right thing to do. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm creating this bad habit. It was more of I was convinced or I had convinced myself that running to that was a good thing yeah and ultimately it wasn't because i lost connection i lost community i didn't have a ton of people around me and that was on me i just wasn't reaching out i wasn't i just i had convinced myself and i think a lot of probably what we'll dive into is a lot of the the bad habits we build we convince ourselves that they're good habits or exactly. they're not as bad as they are yeah so yeah that's just one off the dome well that i mean it's a great example and it's a perfect example of a destructive habit um because most of the time when you have a self-destructive habit you don't really realize how bad it's hurting you or how bad it's affecting you and also the people around you. Because as soon as you start affecting yourself, the people that love you are gonna start being affected by that as well. Um, And that's the hard part about self-destructive habits. Um, So the first one I have on my list is not taking helpful advice when it's given. Um, I was dealing with someone who was coming to me for advice pretty frequently. um, And every single time, almost every single time, I was giving them the same advice. I was giving them advice that would would help them, but because the situ- situation they were in was difficult, they decided not to take the advice and kind of stay where it's comfortable mm-hmm. instead of taking the advice, making it a little bit harder, but then eventually getting out of that hard place. And I think that's uh, something that a lot of people struggle with is when they have a hard place, there's still something comfortable in there which keeps them in it just enough to not do the hard thing of escaping. You know what I mean? I would agree. I think as... 
as hypocritical as it sounds, I think sometimes our problems are comfortable because yeah. it gives us something to point the finger at. Yeah. And it's always so much easier to be mad and point the finger than really look inwards and figure out, oh, no, this is actually a me thing. It's almost always easier to deflect, yeah. right? I, it's way easier to be like, nope, they're the problem, that's the problem, and that keeps me in the problem. But yeah. in a way... It's just me not dealing with the problem. And it, you're right. It feels good. It feels comfortable. Exactly. And it gives you something to complain about. And usually complaining is pretty comfortable, right? Exactly. As, as long as you have something to complain about, you don't really feel like you're in the wrong. 100%. Because you can kind of push the reason why you feel some way onto something else. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of going to take that from one place into another. Could I, could I touch on something that you said before, though? For sure. Do you ever find it hard to take advice or to take feedback from someone who hasn't gone through the situation that you've gone through? Yes. Okay. Definitely. I would love to hear what you think about that. I think for me, my brain kind of goes to, well, if you haven't done it, how would you know? Right. But then there's also a thing that some people just have innate wisdom and like they know, like if you go to your parents, they're obviously not going to have gone through everything that you've gone through, Yeah. but they're going to have something to tell you to help. Yeah. Um, and I, that, I mean, that's the majority. That's how it's been with for me, at least. I don't know if everybody can, can say the same. Um, but even if they haven't gone with the same thing, they still have wisdom to share in a way that they can help you because they know you. Yeah. Um, but it is also, again, it is harder to deal with something if the person who's trying to help you hasn't gone through the same thing. I think that's something that I, I still continue to struggle with. I think I, there's, for me, a lot of the time, yeah, it's, it's that mindset of, well, you haven't gone through it, so how would you understand? I think what I've realized recently is all of our problems aren't as different as we like to think they are. Yeah. Like, I like to think no one has gone through this exact thing. The truth of the matter is everyone else has yeah. in their own way. And so I think when it comes to taking advice from someone, you need to be able to think, well, they might not have gone through this exact situation, but they've understood pain. Yeah. They've understood hurt. They've understood anger. These are basic emotions we've all understood. So I have to kind of think about it from there. I'm like, oh, they maybe haven't built a marketing agency, but they're the head of a creative department. Well, those things aren't that different. Yeah. Because what's it come down to? Leadership. Yeah. Communication. So it's like... We all are struggling with our own individual problems, but it's comforting. And I think if we all started thinking like this, it would make it a little bit easier is that all of our problems aren't that different. There's no one walking through the exact same shoes that you're walking through. I want yeah. to be very clear about that. But also, if we all understand that all of our problems aren't that different, right? Yeah. They're not that different. That should make it a little bit easier to take advice and to relate to people around you. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that finishes my point with advice where it's like if somebody's offering you advice, um, especially if they've lived through that, go ahead and just how do you, try and give it a go. How do you navigate good advice and bad advice? Because I feel like a lot of people listening might have been hurt by bad advice or yeah. listened to it and it didn't play out. I think, in my opinion, if you're stuck in a situation where you're still feeling pain, if somebody's trying to give you an easy way out or a way to divert the blame to someone else, I don't think that's good advice. I agree. I think good advice in a situation like that is, think about it, calm down, like, see if you're to blame. Yeah. Try and figure out if you're to blame and then figure out how you can, like, fix the situation with the people around you um, by taking ownership. I think in it's, in it's especially interesting because we're talking to mostly teenagers, right? We're all young adults at this point. And I think it comes down to if your friends aren't asking you the hard questions and they're only saying yes, you should really take a look at who are the closest people around you. Yeah. And I think I realize this. I think it's easy to have quote-unquote good friends that always are like, yes, no, you're right. 
But ultimately, if your friends aren't asking you the hard questions, they're not having hard conversations with you, then who is? Yeah. Right? If these are the people that I consider closest to me and we're not having the hard conversations and I'm not having that with my parents, I'm not having that with other family members, then it all gets stuck in here. Yeah. And then we kind of just continue to push it down, push it down, push it down. Exactly. So, like, if your friends in, um, dude, if you're listening to this and you're like 12 and 13, I'm sure you're going through your own eighth grade heartbreaks as well yeah. but it's like learn to start asking the questions that you really think yeah right and not just and and i think if we all lower the stakes of having hard conversations and we take offense out of it we take anger out of it it shouldn't be that hard i mean that i don't know that's just yeah. my personal experience it's true um and so we kind of talked about blaming other people um for your issues i think another thing to kind of flip that another very big um, self-destructing habit that I found is self-blame for things that don't need to be self-blamed for. What does that look like? So, say you're in a relationship that one person is really toxic and that's the person that you're dating. Yeah. Um, that person is really toxic. If they start doing bad things but you still love this person, you're going to start blaming everything they do on yourself because maybe I wasn't treating them right. right. I wasn't giving them the help they needed when they were like when they were being mean or abusive or whatever. Um, I think that's a good example of self-blame in situations where it's not deserved. And I think that's something that can really drive a lot of people into like a lot of mental pain. I think mm, that's really, it's really interesting because I think where do you, cause I'm always just trying to take it one step farther. Where do we draw the line between taking responsibility and realizing that this isn't my problem yeah is there like a middle ground that we should be looking for because this is something that i'm figuring out through business and stuff is it's like what is simply not my responsibility and what do, should i just not be worrying about and then where's there a problem and how do i self-reflect if i'm contributing to that problem yeah do you know what i mean i think it depends on the situation i feel like there's no real like there's no formula. equation or formula to to solve this issue it's like if you want to find a middle ground, I'm sure you can find one. Um, but sometimes you don't need to be involved. Sometimes it is actually your fault. It's, it's hard to figure out. I think something recently that I'm learning is I'm learning to get comfortable with things that aren't in my control. Yeah. And that used to stress me out. And it still does of just like, well, if I controlled that, I feel like I could do it the best. Because when I come to business, like especially being young in business, I have to walk in the room believing that I'm the best marketing person that this company could be working for, right? That's yeah. my job. So then it's learning, well, that's just not my responsibility or that's that's out of my control. It's learning to let go of that, and that's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I feel like I could do that. I could be the best at that. But the truth of the matter is, is as soon as we get comfortable – and this is something that I'm still learning, of comfortable just being like, that's not in my control. You learn to get really good at what's right in front of you, yeah. right? It's not like there's there's something here and then here and here and here. It's like, no, I'm just going to focus on what's right in front of me. Yeah. And that's hard for like someone who thinks like me. Is is that something that you... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a thing. I, I have written down, if you want to have control over a situation, take control of the situation. Right, like, right. It sounds it sounds like one of those things that's easier said than done. Hundred percent. But if you really want to take control of something, do whatever you can to take control of it. Like just try and take control of it. Right. Because I think another thing, which in my opinion is the biggest self-destructive habit, is not trying just because you think you won't be able to achieve it. Mm -hmm. I think that is really hard, and that is something that a lot of people, especially the youth, deals with, where it's like, I'm not going to apply for that job because I probably wouldn't get it. 
mm-hmm. or I don't think I'll even apply for that school because I'm not smart enough. Like, right. I'm not going to get in. Right. But in my opinion, it goes hand in hand with insanity because you know how insanity it's um, doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same outcome. Right. I think if you're expecting the same outcome and not even trying, that's just as bad. Yeah. Like, they're expecting rejection every time so they don't even try. Instead of trying so much and getting rejected, I think they both kind of go hand in hand. Well, what's interesting about the confidence side of things when you're talking about applying for jobs and stuff, I think, like, it because we're young and we're in a position of influence with a, a big audience, I think something that it, it's asked not directly of how do you build your confidence, but more of just, like, like how do you handle all these things? It's something that we get asked when the podcast comes up a lot is, like... It, and the, an- the answer for most of the time is like, I don't know. We yeah. just started doing it. And I was like, where did the confidence come from? Like, where did we get the confidence? And I think I, th- I, I think confidence is the snowball effect. I think you have to fake confidence. And I think you have to fake it until it's like responsibility builds the confidence. Yeah. So it's like I have to take on something to even understand if I can handle it. Yeah. And then once I realize I can handle it, because we can always handle more than we think we can, once I realize I can handle it, well, that's confidence. Yeah. That's me understanding, no, I can actually handle this responsibility. I can handle this pressure. I can handle this project. Well, that builds confidence. Yeah. So it's like if I sit here from the sidelines and I never get in the game, I'm never going to understand what real confidence is. Exactly. As long as I sit on the bench and just think, well, could I squirrel? Could I go in there and make this deal? Could I close this project? I don't know until I get out there and do it. Yeah. And there's almost, even if you fail, there's almost confidence built of, well, no, I stepped on the field. Yeah. Oh, I had the conversation. It's like this thing of like, confidence is definitely not built on the sidelines. No. Right? It's, it, it's, it's a snowball thing. Yeah. Like, if, if you want to do something, how are you ever going to know if you can do it without trying? But then it's like proving to yourself, you have to do that trying thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, that's why I think it's so self-destructive. Because mm-hmm. people will have a dream. They'll have a huge dream that they've always wanted. But just because they believe that they don't think they'd be able to achieve it, they won't even try. Right. Like, and then you're just, you're sad. You didn't achieve what you wanted to do. And you're hurt because you've done this to yourself. Yeah. There was nobody who was saying, don't do that. Well, maybe there was. I'm not, I don't know every situation. But like, in the usual term and what, how I'm trying to say it, you're the person who's stopping you from doing that. And it's like, yeah, if you want to be a professional athlete, it's a hard it's a hard thing to become a professional athlete, but no one's stopping you. Like if yeah. that's your dream, you have to try. <clears throat> I was I read this this interesting thing the other day and it was talking about how we how people forget that you are it, it it sounds it just like when you when you say it, it sounds so basic and so simple, but it's so looked over of like we are fully control of sculpting what our lives look like. Yeah. Like you are the own you're the architect of what it looks like, but people they they've put so much of their power in other people. And the truth of the matter is, is those people care about you, but they don't care about the outcome of your life as much as you should. Yeah. Right? It's like it's my responsibility to build what I want my life to look like. And I think people have given away their power to social media. Oh, to this person. What does this person think about me? It's like every time I'm thinking that, I'm then taking away from what I'm building in front of me. Yeah. And it's such a battle with young people, and it, we've all, we're all still battling with it. And I don't, I don't think it's a thing of, oh, you hit this age, and all of a sudden you don't. Yeah. I think it's just one of those lifelong things, you know? I mean, it's true, because especially recently, um, I feel like for a lot of my life, 
I kind of had these expectations about my life and I was just expecting them to fall into place as time mm -hmm. came. But now I'm realizing it's taken a little bit longer than I thought it was. Definitely. Maybe it's because I'm not trying hard enough. Yeah. Now I'm realizing if I want to have this life that I've always dreamed of, I'm going to have to start working for it now. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't get it sooner. Right. Like, I don't have to start working now to get it in 30 years. Well, I think something that's it's interesting because we look at, like, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, so I'll stop in a few minutes. But it's almost like we look at this, we look at success as this foreign thing when I'm super convinced that there's a formula to it. Yeah. The formula is what no one wants to do. It's, it's very simple. Self-discipline making the harder decision, and solving problems. I'm fully convinced, right, at my age, that if you start doing those three things, that is the formula of success. Is there going to be hard things that try to stop you? 100%. Yeah. Is there going to be people that tell you no? 100%. Are you going to lose money? 100%. Are you going to have to drop clients? 100%. Is it going to be insanely hard? Are most people not going to do it 100%? But that's the simple formula. Most people stop at number one. Yeah. You fail and they stop. It, if we would have done that, we use this example all day long, right? If we would have done that, we failed on our first episode. We barely got to recording on our first episode over two years ago. If we would have stopped there, we would have never made it here. And the formula, it's so simple, but insanely hard to apply. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's, but that's the case with most things. Most things, the recipe to success is very simple. Yeah. It is so hard. Most people will not do it. I don't even know if yeah. I'll get there. I'm going to give it everything I have. I'm going to try as hard as I can. Who knows if I'll get there because maybe I'll stop at number three. Yeah. Maybe I can't make it past number three, but I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can, dude. Yeah, because like... That's all you can do, though. Exactly. Right? If a recipe has simple ingredients, it doesn't mean it's easy to make. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> it's it's going to be hard because you can have all of the recipe, all of the ingredients lined up in front of you. It's not just going to put itself together and you have a complete dish. 100%. Like, you have to go through every step and do it meticulously to the point where you want it to be. Like, it needs to be perfect if you want it to be where you want it to be. You know what I mean? And it, it's... it. The thing is, is like, we we like to talk about all day long of success and money and fortune. It's so hard to get. It is. It is so hard to get without a clear plan. Yeah, I, I'm convinced. In in, who am I to say? Take this all with a grain of salt. What am I talking about? I don't know, but at least from what I've learned in these 17 years, right? Baby steps, bro. We're we're just starting this just whole starting. life thing. I'm seeing it play out so clearly. I look at a generation like Gen Z who in 20 years at this rate is going to have lung failure. What is the opposite most polar opposite thing I could do in a funny sense is start running and build up my lungs. Yeah. Well, there's an advantage. Oh, they're all going to be out partying Friday and Saturday nights. Where am I going to be? At my desk. There's an advantage. Do you want me to keep pointing these out? Because I can do it all yeah, day long. All, literally it, all day. But no one, no one wants to do that. It's really good to hear, and this is what I'm convinced. We have this culture of online video consumption where it feels so good. I have David Goggins yelling at me. I have Joe Rogan telling me I could be a millionaire. Yeah. Watching that does nothing for you except spike your heart rate. Yeah. And no one applies it. No one. Get, but guess what? They're all telling you what to do. It's all a clear plan, a clear yeah. formula. The, the blueprints are right there, dude. They're right in front of you. No one wants to apply it, and that's okay. That's why that's why you make a hundred thousand dollars a year and you're in the top one percent, bro. Exactly. What's a hundred thousand dollars? Do you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of money, but that's top one percent. Yeah. There's so much cake on the table, bro. Seriously, <laughs> that's just there's so much to grab. So much. But it's like, hard, dude. It's so hard. Like, yeah, no, it's we're we're, we're not it. we're not sitting here saying this is easy because we're saying this as if we've achieved it. Right. Like But I'm telling you what I'm doing, dude. Yeah. I'm telling I'm I'm telling you, dude, I wake up. 
and and here's the thing is like it i i'm in a way i'm a hater of hustle culture because i think it's really easy to consume and really hard to apply yeah but it's it's hard yeah that's it it's hard dude it's like if you if you're not willing to sacrifice your friday nights well there's one thing i have an advantage of you on yeah oh you want to hit a vape i'm gonna run i'm just gonna keep crushing you dude yeah that's all i'm gonna do and yeah it's a thing like you're not gonna get it right away so start with small steps Mm -hmm. so what i've been doing i've started affiliate marketing recently yeah um i've been giving myself goals i've been trying to do um i'll do 15 i'll set an hour goal i'll do 15 posts okay um and then i'll watch like 30 minutes to an hour of helpful videos to show me how to lift that yeah um, and then i'll do some more posts yeah um so then i'll start finding different niches and i'll start finding different places to post different ways to post different keywords and stuff like that all stuff that i'm learning um and before that i was just watching videos and it feels really good. And right? it feels good, but then it's like, well, I need to put this into time. No, I need to put this into action some what way. What do you mean? You just watched two hours of YouTube. That didn't make you anything? No, surprisingly. I Surprisingly, I Dude, didn't make 100 grand in a week. I thought that when you watch Joe Rogan, you turn into David Goggins. Yeah. It feels like that sometimes. It that, does. That's the thing. It's like we're joking about it, but like it really feels like that. You feel like you're accomplished. I got stuck in that. I am still get stuck in that. Yeah. Like it feels, it's, it's not real, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. I could keep going on this, dude. Yeah, we we love rabbit hole, rabbit trails we on the, <laughs> on the Juvie podcast. <laughs> That's what the show's about, man. Um, I've got I've got one more destructive habit All right, sure. uh, that I'm going to mention, and then we can bring this episode to a close. Shoot, uh, one that I think is pretty severe. A lot of people go through this, and I think it it's it's pretty bad. Hurting other people before they can hurt you. Mm. I think it's something that a lot of people go through to try and protect themselves from feeling the pain. So they redirect the pain and make somebody else feel it so they don't have to deal with it themselves. Yep. Not sure I'm in a position to talk on this one right now. <laughs> I feel like I, uh, yeah, it's it's a really real one. It's a hard one. And I'm, I'm navigating that myself, so. Yeah, and I mean, all of us are. It's, this is, all of these things that I've mentioned are things that I've personally dealt with. Tiny things that I know that everybody around me has dealt with, just yeah. it's natural. The way to, the reason we're talking about it is because we're working on trying to get out of these things. 100%. Um, and we're trying to follow this journey along with you guys. Um, something that I want to reiterate. Whenever we talk about hard-hitting subjects like this, it's stuff that we're trying to work through as well. Stuff that we're and, trying to work through with right. you guys. And if it isn't clear, dude, take everything we're saying with a grain of salt. Yeah. I'm convinced there should only be a handful of people in your life that you're really, really not taking it with a grain of salt because we're, we're all doing this whole human life thing, bro. Yeah. No one has no one has the plan. No one has the formula. We yeah. can talk about blueprints to little things, but no one has this thing figured out yet. Yeah. No one has figured out how to deal with pain and it not hurt. No one's figured that one out. Yeah. No one's figured out anger yet. It's like these are just things that everyone is dealing with and we won't figure it out. Yeah. Goggins still feels pain. Goggins, Goggins still has issues. Like You may are, think he's like the can super Can we talk human, about him for a second? I, okay, this is a controversial one. Okay. Do you think when David Goggins lays in bed after a day of work, is he happy? I think he's satisfied. Do you think David Goggins has friends? I don't know. I don't. Know. I want to know what his life is like aside from social media and aside for the grind set. So this is what I wonder. With people like him, if you guys don't know who he is, he's has the pull-up record in the world, crazy ultramarathon runner, Navy SEAL, insane, very, very... Stay hard type of guy. Fat to fit type of guy. Fat to fit, insane. Like 100% earns my respect, can never do with everything that he's done. This is what I wonder. And I know that he has to portray a certain brand. He couldn't just get soft all of a sudden. Yeah. 
But I just wonder, with someone in his shoes, does he have, and come at me for this. This might sound soft. I don't care. I think healthy relationships is so important. Can someone with his type of mindset have healthy relationships? It's a good question. Like, does he have a relationship with his wife? I don't know. Is he married? I'm sh- I think he is. I'm pretty sure he is. And, I mean, everybody has a different persona once they got off the internet. Like, that's just, with these big personalities, there's no way in my mind that they're, they're 100% every minute of the like day. Like, at dinner with his wife, he's like, who's going to carry the boats? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope he's not. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'd love to imagine that he's just a normal guy who just likes exercise a lot. So, I had this question for the longest time, and recently I was watching a podcast that he was on, and he, the, the host's name's Chris, and he, he said, like, you know, Goggins, do you feel peace? And he's like, well, I think I think peace is subjective. Yeah. And he's like, well, what do you mean like that? Well, he's like, well, for someone that's gone through the things that I've gone through, peace in my life is going to look very different than the guy that works the nine to five and goes home to his happy family. Right. Yeah. Peace is two different things. It made me think about it. I think that's I, I think I, I think that's true. I think that we have this this idea of, OK, you're laying on the beach with a pina colada in your hand. Well, that's peace and that's relaxation. But I don't know that that's the case for everyone. Yeah. And I think it, it's very interesting because you look at someone like him who has had so much discomfort, such a hard life. Like, yeah. if you've not listened to his book, I think you should listen to it because it's like you you just you don't realize. And, you, and it, it shows you how he's been constructed into the man that he is today. But it just makes you think like, oh, well, Waking up at 5 a.m. for David Gongans is now second nature. That's peaceful. Yeah. That's what he does, right? That's what I was going to say. Like, I think these hard things he puts himself through is now peace and, like, joy. I bet he feels joy in the time oh, yeah. that he's doing that because that's when he feels alive. That's when he comes alive. Like, yeah. that's when he's made his greatest achievements. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's happy. And I do feel like he lives a normal life. But I also think that he finds his peace by these, like, crazy death-defying feats of Dude, endurance. Like 160 miles? That's just like, like all of his toes were broken. It's just ridiculous. His shins were like fractured, bro. Like the human body, but he just shows that you can push it so much farther. The thing can. is with me, that's impressive, but it's like, why? <laughs> I know, dude. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I'm so sick. I broke all of my legs doing a run. <laughs> uh, Hold on. That would feel sick. If you ran 160 miles. Well, yeah, but then I've got broken legs. You ran 160 miles, bro. I just that's so badass. It's yeah, but it's also like <laughs> me after dude. three and a half miles. <laughs> yeah. like, bro, dude, I'm freaking goggins. I just ran three and a half miles, bro. Like, <laughs> tough mutter is not ready for me, baby. Uh, I figured out uh, the other day that the tough mutter is nine miles. Oh wow, <laughs> is it like with obstacles and stuff? Like, oh yeah, hundred and thirty. Is it in Reading? Uh, no, it's um like I don't know, like Sonoma or something. I don't know. Okay. Somewhere down south. I've always wanted to do one of those. Thirty obstacles. And Are you doing it with your dad? Yeah. Maybe you should get a ticket. You should I, try, you I, should try I to I do it. I want to. That <laughs> sounds fun. You should look into it. Uh, I'll send you the stuff. For, I'll send it to all you guys, too. Just me and Josh just have an offline conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I wanted to say is that there's this one obstacle where it's uh, live electrical wires oh. dangling, and you cool. run through them. I watched a video of a guy blacking out because you're wet. And uh, do you know what water is to electricity? Yeah. It's it, called a conductor. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Kind of freaking keeps <laughs> you alive a little bit. <laughs> you gotta run through the electrical wires, bro. How gnar is that? So it's it's tough. It should be called tough murder. Well, apparently we picked the hardest one. Oh, nice. there's a three mile one, a six mile one, and a nine mile one. So we thought, oh, none of us have ever done a tough mudder. Let's do this. Yeah. So none of us have ever run yeah. ten miles. So let's do it in mud and obstacles. <laughs> so yeah, guys, I'll update you that I'm doing that in a few weeks. Uh, that probably suck. Gotta yeah. Anyways, that's, that's all I got to say today.
Well, guys, I hope you liked this episode where we talk about destructive, self-destructive habits uh, that everybody's going through. And we hope that you can kind of put this advice into work. Um, just maybe us mentioning them has made you realize, oh, I'd struggle with that. Maybe let's take a step back and kind of look at how we can change that. Let's go. Um, everybody, thank you so much for watching. This has been another episode of the Juvie Podcast. That is a wrap. That's a wrap.